0: And how many are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Okay. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? We'll just blame that on the weather, right? The weather was gloomy. We're still kind of waking up, but we're so glad that you are in the house. We're glad that you made it safely. It was an adventure for some of us this morning. Uh, But uh, let's just pray so we can get started. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this place, Lord. I ask you that you would speak to us, that you would speak through us this morning, God, that... You would just carry us through this message and uh, I pray that Lord as we share our heart this morning with your people that God that they would receive their portion that that belongs to them in Jesus name we pray amen and amen you may be seated this morning we're going to read some scriptures and we'll get into it Um, so yeah today we conclude our month-long series uh, that we have entitled love handles and I hope that these past three weeks have been a blessing for all of you and hopefully You've taken your portion that belongs to you maybe not everything spoke to you but hopefully a few things here and there spoke to you and you you made it personal you took it and you made it yours uh, because it's just because more than just a catchy title right we want to serve you well with content and, and obviously biblical truths that we can all all apply in our lives and so today I have a tall task to finish on a high note uh, <laughs> Uh, this series and we hope that we can do that. So I'm going to re- be reading a few scriptures. The first one is found in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 and then we'll jump into John chapter 10 verse 39 through 42 but you can ha- you, you can follow along on the screen. So Matthew 3:17 says, "And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, "This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased." And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, "This is my beloved." son in whom I am well pleased. John chapter 10 verse 39 through 42 reads, therefore they sought again to seize him. They're talking about Jesus arresting him, but he escaped out of their hand and he, Jesus, went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him, in Jesus, there. And so this morning, um, it's going to be a little different. I, I want to share my heart this morning. Um, and so that's uh, it's a big task on my, my behalf. Um, as you already know, I'm an emotional person, and so my, my goal is always like, I'm going to preach a sermon one of these days where I don't cry uh, but that hasn't happened yet. So, and, and, this, and it ain't today. Let me let you know right now. It's not today. Maybe some other time. But I do want to share what's on my heart this morning. So our subject today is my beloved. My beloved. And, and uh, so it's the reason why you won't see an outline on the Bible app if you follow us there. It's just uh, there's no outline. So I don't know how this message is going to go. It's more like of a talk. Or t- I want you guys to hear what's what's what's. But What's been on my heart lately, and so I, I, I want to share that, but I, I hope that you guys get something from this. Um, um, yeah, in Jesus' name. Our opening scripture is a defining moment in the life of Jesus. Uh, he gets baptized by John the Baptist, and even deeper than that is that by doing so, Jesus is fulfilling the scriptures. And he's also fulfilling the requirements of a high priest according to the Old Testament law. And even Jesus himself says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to break the law. I came to fulfill the law. And so from when he stayed behind the temple, right, and his parents were looking for him, uh, to this moment, there isn't much told of what happened to Jesus or what is going on in the life of Jesus from about the age of 12 to the age about 30. But we can rest assured that what took place between that time was preparing him for the three years or three and a half years that would change the course of humanity. And so I thought about that term, my beloved, my beloved. What a beautiful and meaningful phrase that is, especially when when it is directed towards someone that you have a connection with, uh, with and a desired commitment with. And so let me say this, and I will say it throughout the message because I need you to understand that uh, I need you to understand what I'm about to say: that you are God's beloved. You are God's beloved. You are God's beloved. And the book that we know as the Bible has has been said to be a love story. A, a compilation of letters that tell us about God revealed to us the depths of his love for humanity. And I thought about how the traditional way. To start a wedding is to say, dearly, beloved. The the Bible, in a way, begins with the wedding, Adam and Eve, and it ends with the wedding, Jesus and the Bride, the Church, capital C Church. And, And between there, there is a redemptive story of love that runs so deep that it will not give up on whom it loves, humanity. Love, Paul says, keeps no record of wrongs. Amen. The entire love story is a proof of that, isn't it? Because how many times can we think of the the people of Israel turning their back to God over and over and over and over, and yet God gives them another opportunity to come back. But this moment of Jesus getting baptized and, and hearing the Father's voice utter the words, My beloved, speaks volumes to me. That out of all the things God could have said in that moment, He, knowing all things from the end to the beginning, he chooses the words, my beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I am well, pleased." So follow me, please. It's almost this picture of when a father gives his daughter for marriage to the groom. There is this exchange that takes place. And from that moment on, there's a a separation from the father and daughter. And in turn, there's a coming together of bride and groom at that moment in the jordan river i suggest to you this morning that there is an exchange that took place and there's this separation from god to son and there was a coming together of bride and groom perhaps that's why jesus on the cross uses the words my god my guide my god why have you forsaken me another version says why have you abandoned me there was this separation that had taken place this This is my beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we find that in two different occasions, God refers to Jesus as my beloved. And each of those times that it was used, it was a defining moment in the life of Jesus, a moment of assurance and affirmation, if you will. See, the moment in the Jordan River was a defining moment in the life of Jesus. It was a bookmark moment. Jesus knew that this was the beginning of the end for him. Him being baptized, that event taking place, Jesus knew that was the beginning of the end for him. It was as if this moment in this place, in that river, was the last requirement needed to fulfill the mission. There was no turning back after this moment. And he hears the words, this is my beloved son. And later on Jesus, in Jesus' life, there's another account in which Jesus goes back to the Jordan River and the, the scriptures that we read. And there was a return to where it all began, if you will. There was a return to where it all began. There was a return to where it all began. It says that people came, and a version, another version says that it, they ministered to him, which in that moment, I'm reading this, and I'm saying, what, Jesus, the, the one who, that would save the world from its sin, the one that would lay down his life for us, the one that created miracles and raised people back to life, that Jesus? What, what do we as humans have that could possibly minister to Jesus? And why, out of, out of all the places that Jesus could have gone to, why is it that he chose the Jordan River? Maybe it was, it was because that was the place that he heard the voice of the Father saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That was the place that he heard the voice of the Father. That's where he was affirmed and assured that this was the way. Essentially, Jesus goes back to the beginning. And how many of us here have a favorite place to go to? Like, it can be a restaurant or a place in the house, somewhere on the couch, we have a certain place. Or maybe as a couple, you, ha- you guys have a favorite place you all like to go to because that place is significant uh, to you, has significance to you. Maybe that's where you said, I love you for the first time to your spouse. Maybe that's where you proposed, right? Maybe that was the first date or, or maybe that's where you had the first argument, amen, not you, someone you know, someone on your row. Not you. And, and and now that place has a greater meaning to it, right? It's not necessarily the food, although I hope the food is good, right? But it's more the memory of being in that place and remembering what took place that holds value in your life. And truth be told, sometimes it's good to revisit those places, right, together that hold a certain meaning, a certain value in your life. I'll say it this way. Sometimes it's good to go back to the beginning, to go back to the Jordan River. And what had taken place in the life of Jesus right before he returned to the place, the Jordan River, was that all of a sudden people turned on him and they wanted to arrest him for saying that he was sent by the Father and and that the Father was in him. On another occasion, they, they tried to throw him off a cliff to his death. And the Bible says that he was able to get away from them walking through the crowds. And that's when he decided To go back to the Jordan River, that place had meaning to Jesus. That place had value to him. It's as if Jesus needed to remember what it felt like to hear those words again. Jesus, in his humanity, just escaped being arrested by the same people he was sent to save. And I wonder if there was just a little bit of confusion pertaining to the plan. Like, God, are you sure these are the people I'm called to serve and save? And if I could say it this way, it was a reset moment for him. Jesus went back to the beginning where he heard the voice of the father say, this is my beloved son. He went back to the Jordan River. And for many of us, especially if we grew up in church, uh, attending church, we too have a space we can call a Jordan River. And it's this space that we, we know to be as an altar. Right? Many of us have had some of our most intimate moments with God in a place like this. We have had some of the toughest conversations with God in a place like this. Many of us have have had convictions formed in a place like this. Many of us have cried in some of the in some of the most heartbreaking moments in our lives in a place like this. And some of us have given our lives to Jesus in a place like this. And many of us have had our greatest breakthroughs In a place like this. And many of us have felt God's love. In a way we have never felt anywhere else. In a space. In a place like this. The altar. And many of us I dare say. Have heard him say. You are my beloved. In a place like this. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In whom I am well pleased. There is something special. About going back to where it started. Now I find it convicting in my own life. The circumstances that we have gone through lately and going through and what led me to write a a long text message to my wife that included a phrase that I see how God was telling me, not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. And then seeing what is happening with revivals taking place in different areas around the country. And so all those things together have been speaking to me lately. So here we go. And so as some of you may know, we were, my wife and I were expecting And when we had our first appointment at the very beginning of this month, we found out that things weren't looking very good at all. And so we were called to go back the following week, and they confirmed to us on what happened on the day that happened to be my birthday. uh, They confirmed to us that our little one didn't make it. And so that changed a lot of things for us. But, but it also made us feel a type of pain we had not known before. And so the following day, after she had to have a procedure um, for her safety, I wrote a, my wife a letter a via text, right, a long letter. And because I wanted to make sure that I said everything I wanted to say, and also because being the emotional guy that I am, I would not have made it through the first sentence if I tried telling her in person. But in that long text, I wrote the following that I want to share with you all. mascara alert, by the way. I want to fall in love with you all over again. I wanted her to know that I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And even though we are going through something we thought we would never experience, I needed her to know that we will go through this together. That in this pain, I'm with you. And I felt that when Zoe, our first child, arrived, it brought us so much joy, right? The first child. And when we found out baby two was coming, there was this this fragrance of love in our home. It was different than before. And so that sentence I had written to my wife just stayed with me for the next couple of days to come. I want to fall in love with you all over again. I want to fall in love with you all over again. And and there was this moment where it wasn't just meant for my wife, but it was also a cry to God. It was me, Israel, realizing that I'm hurting, that I'm broken. But within me, there's this desire to fall in love with you all over again, God. Because in order for me to extend that kind of love to my spouse... I needed to have that relationship with God, that deep relationship with God. It's, it's the image of the cross, right? there. There's a beam that goes vertical, and when we accept that love that God offers us, then in turn we can extend it horizontally to those around us. And so for me to fall in love all over again with my wife, I, I have to fall in love all over again with God. I want to fall in love with you all over again, God. Like... Like when I first gave my life to you and there was this joy and excitement to know more about you. that There was this, this peace within me because I knew you were protecting me and you were mine and I was yours. That there was this level of faith that I, had, that I truly believed that nothing was impossible for you. I'm going to share something I've never shared before, that as a 14-year-old boy sitting at church while the evangelist is preaching about miracles, there was Israel, husky-sized Israel, (laughs) and we're still husky. God changed my attitude and everything, but he didn't change my size. Ah, Jesus. (laughs) But there is 14-year-old Israel sitting in church while the evangelist is preaching about miracles. There was Israel with his Bible and putting his right hand on the Bible, believing for a miracle. Believing that God could cause to grow a pinky in the middle of a service. And for those that don't know or haven't felt an awkward handshake from me, it's I have four on this one and five on this one. But there is 14 year old boy Israel having this crazy type of faith, believing that God could grow a pinky in the middle of a service. That my love for you and my faith in you was so deep that I literally thought you could do that for me. And it would be an incredible miracle for all, but especially for me. And I know, I know, that's crazy, right? To believe that something like that could happen in church. I get it now, I do, I understand. It was crazy for me to, to pray for that and believe for that. I mean, I know that nothing is impossible for God, but I mean, come on, Israel, you were asking for something pretty out there, right? But I had faith for that. <laughs> my, my faith was pure. I had faith for that because I was so in love with God that my faith was crazy enough to believe that he could do that for me, his beloved and as the evangelist says the magical words that gets everyone excited and in closing, there was, I, was, I, I, I found myself praying even harder, like, come on, God, you can do this, you can do this. I felt like the time was running out on me. And I started praying harder and tears coming down my face faster than I wanted them to. And I began to pray Bible verses that I knew because I really wanted this miracle. But God chose not to do so, and eventually I came to accept that. And years later, I understood this. I felt like God gave me this. See, I thought the miracle was being complete five and five, (laughs) having more. But the true miracle is God doing more with less. I felt that God gave me that word. The true miracle is God doing more with less. And so every time I have the opportunity to be behind a piano, it's a constant reminder to me that God gets the glory every single time, that He does more with less. And church, I miss that. I missed having that type of faith. I want to fall in love all over again. I want to go back to the beginning. I want to go back to the Jordan River. I want to know, God, that you are still with me, that I am still your beloved son. See, the disciple John is the only one that refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He self-proclaimed himself as that, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And here's the thing. It wasn't because Jesus actually loved him more. It's that John understood the level of love Jesus was not only talking about, but living, living towards them. John knew that Jesus knew he was going to die. But even knowing that it didn't stop Jesus and the way he loved those around him, John had a deeper understanding of the type of love Jesus was talking about, and he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. You are God's beloved. I want you to hear me. You are God's beloved. See, love is not meant to be idolized. It's not meant to be flaunted. Love is intimacy, and it's meant to bear fruit. And Jesus told his disciples, by this they will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. And maybe some of us need to go back to the beginning. Maybe some of us need to go back to the place where it all started. Maybe you don't get excited about God or church anymore like you used to. Maybe the the level of joy you once had is starting to fade out. Maybe your relationship with Jesus isn't all that great right now because there's so much going on in your life. The songs that used to move you don't move you anymore. Praying isn't as enjoyable as before. Serving is starting to feel more like a burden now. And coming to church is becoming easier to miss each week. Even if we are in those places, you must know that you are God's beloved and he loves you. And maybe that's why I needed to share my heart with you all because I know I'm not the only one here that feels like, I need to go back to the beginning, to the place where it all started for me, where I fall in love with you all over again. And in closing, this space right here, this space has so much significance to me in my personal life. See, years ago, I became incredibly depressed. I felt like I had hit rock bottom uh, through life's substance ups and downs, I just felt incomplete and unfulfilled. Mind you, I was a pastor's kid at the time, front row, serving, ministering the word, playing, everything. I think the only day we had off was Saturdays. Every, uh, every, the rest of the week, it was, there was something going on and we were there. But as soon as the lights turned off and the doors were locked, it was just a different me, a different feeling came over me. And so I felt like I had let my parents down, my church down. And guilt was weighing on me and each and every day just got heavier for me. And the day came when I decided my life would end. I had planned it in my head. I knew what I was going to do. I knew that at a certain intersection of two highways there in San Antonio, it would be the end of my life as I knew it. And I remember driving that way, and the intersection was coming up, and the plan was, my plan was to drive off the bridge. I remember going and trying to turn the wheel that way, and I could not. It became stiff, and I could not turn. And so I ended up taking the next exit. I'm gonna try again, and the same thing happened. I could not turn the wheel. I remember closing my eyes and pulling the steering wheel hard to the right and the steering wheel wouldn't budge for anything. Again, I took the same exit as before and I was gonna try one last time. I knew what was happening by now and who was the one stepping in and saving saving me. And the next time I came around, I took an exit right before the intersection came that led me to my dad's church (laughs) that he was pastoring at the time and that I had keys to. Because as the pastor's kids, you have keys to everything. You never know when someone wants to get baptized at 2 in the morning and your dad says, go fill up the pila. We got to go. So I had keys to the church. And I ended up at church that night. And the first place I literally ran to was the altar. the day that I had planned to be my end was the day God used to begin something new in my life. But it began in a place like this. So I'll say it again. God, I want to fall in love with you all over again. I want to fall in love with you all over again. That's my heart's prayer. That's my cry. That's my desire. I want to fall in love with you all over again. And I wonder if that would become your prayer today. That you would fall in love with God all over again and for some of us maybe we need to take that that moment before the day ends and have that talk with your spouse not that you're out of love not that anything's wrong but just to come assure and affirm one another I want to fall in love with you all over again but it starts in a place like this And so before we pray, I say general prayer, I want to thank you all for allowing me to share my heart with you this morning. I've never shared this before. And the day being gloomy, just kind of like, God, it's already, I'm already emotional, and this is going to be even more difficult for me. But I want you to know that if God could rescue me, that God could reach down and save me, he can do it for you. And I know that sounds so churchy and so cliche. But it's so true. That the day I thought was my end was actually a new beginning. And so maybe you need to hear that. that What you thought would be the end of you is actually a new beginning. Now, out of all the places that Jesus could have returned to, he returns to the Jordan River where he hears the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Maybe we need to return to the Jordan River. And maybe you can hear the voice of the Father speaking over you. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. You are His beloved. And so God, we just thank you this morning. I want to thank you Lord for saving me, for giving me Another opportunity, Lord, for interfering in my plans, God. Thank you for a place like this, an altar space, Lord, that we can lay it all down, that we can share, Lord, our most difficult and intimate moments, secrets and conversations with you, Lord, knowing that when we get up from this, God, your love, your love washes it all. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. And so, Lord, maybe there's people that feel the same way I do, God, that just I just want more of you. I want that passion back. I want that joy back. I want that level of love and excitement back, God. So in turn, I can love those around me the way you love me. So I pray, God, that you would soften our hearts this morning. That you would ignite a passion and a desire, Lord, for things that concern you. And that everything that we do, Lord, that we would do it with such a passion. God, that it would be contagious and that it would bless those that come in contact with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.